Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. Please help by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute. These are all free and help out a great deal. Word of mouth is how shows like this reach more people who are interested. Another way you can support this podcast is by way of a PayPal tip jar. You can leave a donation of any amount you like or set up a monthly donation just like Patreon or Subscribestar, only I don't make you pay for my content. I only invite you to contribute. There's a link in the description. I sincerely appreciate your interest and support. The word modernize is a contentious term in the Aikido community. Some find the idea of changing the art to fit modern times insulting to the forefathers of the art. In today's episode, I'm going to address this perspective as it relates to the weapons training Aikido focuses on, where it comes from, and where it goes from here. This will lead up to a significant announcement later in the episode. At the very core of the issue of modernizing is the battle going on between tradition and innovation. These two concepts are at odds with one another. Devout adherence to past teachings inhibits innovation. Every practitioner fights this battle within themselves. Some, in fact I would say many, resign to practice as they are told according to how things were always done. This is not necessarily a bad thing, as some great principles and techniques have been honed through time. We must keep that in mind though, honed through time. This means they have been incrementally improved through trial and error. By adjusting and improving, innovations often emerge. What if you find something which works better and fits current times better? Would you be tempted to reject it because that wasn't the way it was done before? This feels like a self-imposed limitation on your own development. It may be just me, but self-limitation is a bad thing. One must relentlessly and assertively pursue fulfilling our own potential. You don't get that by limiting your own growth. With that root concept in mind, let's take a look at Aikido weapons. Let's start by looking at the origin of the weapons most commonly used in Aikido. At the top of the list are the Boken and the Jo. The next most common is the Tanto, or knife. There are a few Aikido instructors which will work with the Hanbo, which is a three-foot stick, or the Keibo, the baton. There may be other more obscure weapons or improvised weapons taught as well, but I won't be going deep into them. There's plenty to discuss with just these. Let's tackle the Boken first. I think the most ardent fans of the katana would admit that the weapon itself is outdated. While there are accounts of people wielding swords in crime reports, no one carries a sword anymore. Maybe it will come back into fashion at some point, but for the time being, the ability to skillfully wield a sword is just not a skill one will likely use. It's interesting to note that Morihai Ueshiba did not have instructor qualifications in any sword art. He did train a bit as a young man, but not for an extended period of time. Even accepting that he was an extraordinary martial talent, it would be fair to say that his approach to sword is not well connected to any sword ru or traditional school. Those with an established lineage of sword arts who are highly qualified have pointed out that Morihai's sword work is unique and in many cases ignores important fundamental principles of sword combat. The history and lineage of Aikido's sword work is a minor point, but is worth appreciating. The training approach Aikido uses for the Boken will not make you into an effective sword fighter. This might sting a little to hear, but there's a lot more to sword combat than learning to cut or perform crisp katas. These are fun, and you can learn some good body discipline doing them. They make you feel like you're training to be a samurai, but it really doesn't go much deeper than that. Another interesting point about Aikido's katas are that Morihai had no weapon katas of any kind. He merely wielded weapons. 
His students created katas with the intention of codifying the movements they saw him do so they could remember them. This is a minor point, but I find that this was an indication of how important Morahai viewed weapons within his curriculum, which appeared to be very little. One part I find particularly problematic with Aikido training related to the sword is sword disarms. If someone has a real sword, you are almost certainly going to commit suicide by trying to move into their range empty-handed. Those disarms are very fun to train. They're a blast. However, the last thing you should ever do is move into range of someone wielding a live sword when you're empty-handed. If they have any intent at all, you're going to be seriously hurt or worse. The only way to practice sword disarms and have any hope of succeeding is to make sure Uke is following very strict choreography, which includes notable telegraphing of strikes. Basically, Uke has to give you a big wind-up and give Nage the chance to identify the strike and enter in time. Against an active attacker who doesn't telegraph and can strike however he wants, the success rate drops to near zero. Sword disarms are really nothing more than pure choreography. While swords might be outdated, what about a stick? A boken is just a stick, right? Yes, it is. An interesting point about a boken is that Miyamoto Musashi, who was hands and above the most famous swordsman in Japanese history and probably the world, used a steel sword in his first duel, but went to wood in every duel after that. He killed some 60 opponents in duels, and these were merely the ones which were recorded. There could have been more. He didn't just beat them into submission with his boken, he killed them. With a stick. This is worthy of full appreciation. A sharp sword is designed for killing, and it's very easy to cause a lot of physical harm to a body using a sword. That's exactly what they were designed to do, and they do it extremely well. It's much harder to kill someone with a stick. It takes a great deal of skill, far more than required with a three-foot razor blade. A stick is still a very good weapon. Which brings us to the Jo. The Jo is the Japanese walking stick. The story goes that when the samurai were eliminated during the reformation of Japan in the 1800s, and the samurai were stripped of their weapons, they felt naked. A weapon was integral to everything that they were. Since carrying swords was illegal, they took to the walking stick so they had a weapon on hand at all times. Certainly understandable. This means that the techniques for the Jo were probably a combination of spear techniques and sword techniques. What we see of the Jo katas in modern Aikido reflects this, consisting of thrusts and swinging strikes, including what might be referred to as quarterstaff blocks and strikes. The Jo really is a versatile weapon. There's even an account predating the Reformation where an ambitious young samurai wanted to prove himself against Musashi. He took his bow, a long staff, and ambushed Musashi as he was working in his garden. The ambush failed. Musashi detected him in time and relentlessly beat the young samurai, but didn't kill him. Upon this crushing defeat, he went into the mountains to contemplate his loss. He figured that the bow was too long and slow to deal with Musashi's fast sword. He cut down his bow to a shorter staff, which is now called a joe, and returned to challenge Musashi again. Accounts vary, with followers of each claiming that their favorite won the match. What is known is that the fight went on for more than a half an hour with neither being soundly defeated. I think it's fair to say that this is the only account in history of Musashi being held to a draw, and that's quite a feat. It appears that the Joe didn't become popular or fashionable as a weapon until the Reformation several hundred years later. I find that the Joe is a good training tool for Aikido, but like the Boken, 
Aikido training does not make someone into an effective stick fighter. Joe Nage, Joe Dory, and Joe Giawaza are useful training exercises, but they are not good simulations of what a real violent exchange would be like. As a self-defense weapon, the Joe isn't a bad choice, provided you have the space to use it. On the open floor of a dojo, there's plenty of space to wield a Joe. Take your Joe into a normal room or a hallway and see how easy it would be to wield. It's not very practical in most of the environments a self-defense situation might happen in. I do like Joe practice for how it teaches your body to move with the stick, switch hand positions, and make the stick part of your body. These are good skills to have. That brings me to what I think is the most versatile self-defense tool out there, which the Japanese call the hanbo. In English, it would be the cane or walking stick. To clarify terms, a roughly three-foot stick with a simple knob at the top is a walking stick. The same stick with a handle or crook at the end is a cane. A longer stick, such as a joe, is referred to as a hiking stick. I tend to use the term cane for either a handled cane or a knobbed walking stick. These are extraordinarily good tools for self-defense. Like any tool, it isn't magic and you need to have training in how to use it. Canes are very maneuverable, easy to wield effectively, and are more portable than joe-length sticks. They can be used in confined spaces and can be taken anywhere in public without a problem. In addition, they can be used to control, not just to strike. That brings me to the tanto, the knife. A knife is a purely offensive tool. There's no such thing as knife self-defense. That may sound odd, but the only way to defend yourself with a knife is to attack. The simple reason is that you cannot block with a knife. This also holds true with a firearm. The only way it saves you is to cause extreme traumatic damage to your opponent. This is worth some deep consideration when it comes to deciding which tools you wish to use to defend yourself. A fair point here would be, what if you brandish a knife and it scares someone off? Wouldn't that be effective self-defense without causing harm to another? Yes, it would. There is a notable risk by pulling out a deadly weapon in a hostile encounter. You are raising the stakes as high as they can go. It's about a 50-50 chance that the other person will back off or run away. The other option is they will go all out and attack you. It might work in your favor, or it might be a very bad move. There is no hard formula to determine when it would be successful. In my mind, that's just too high of a risk. The basic rule with any weapon is, you don't show it unless you're fully committed to using it. It's a very bad move to use a weapon as a bluff. The reason being, if you are showing fear in your eyes and you pull a weapon, that will invite an extremely vicious attack by someone who is very angry. They will read your lack of commitment to using the weapon and you will likely have only an instant to respond before the attack arrives. Hesitate for that instant and you will probably be overwhelmed. There is a lot more to this subject, but I'll save that for another time. I'm not saying a knife or a firearm are bad tools. One must make a fully informed decision about any tool you decide to carry or use. I can't recommend strongly enough to get solid training with any tool you decide to use, no matter what it is. When it comes to the knife training modern Aikido does, it is disappointing to the point of being utter nonsense. This is one of the topics I covered in one of my first podcast episodes. Like the sword disarms, knife disarms of modern Aikido have virtually zero chance of working against a live attacker with intent. That's why the knife attacks are so heavily choreographed, to give Nagi a chance to succeed. This is what is particularly frustrating about watching demonstrations of most modern Aikido. 
They are nothing more than well-structured choreography going fast and with dramatic throws. They are very pretty eye candy, but nothing more. Not that choreography isn't fun to train and indulge in, it certainly is. As an instructor, I have a single mortal fear. That is, I teach my students something that will get them killed. I dread the day that a student comes back to me from the hospital and tells me he performed as he was taught and it went horribly wrong. Or I have to visit a student's funeral because what I taught him was garbage and it cost him his life. It is with that level of gravity I treat knife training. Back to the history of the Tonto. The knife was something every samurai carried, whether on the battlefield or in civilian life. If you look at how many Daito-ru techniques are finished, uke is thrown down, pinned, and then struck, usually with an overhand strike. Why this strike? A Tegatana strike would not be powerful enough to do much damage. The strike represented is a finishing blow. The method here is that you throw uke down, pin him, draw your knife, and end his life. It would very likely not be a shomenuchi strike, but a stab to the neck, throat, eye, or under the armpit. The strike shown is a stylized placeholder for the killing finish. At least, that's how it seems to me. To come back around to the original point of this episode, which is modernizing Aikido's weapons, it seems that the Joe and Boken are fairly beyond practical weapons for people to carry or use. That leaves the knife, which many males carry all the time, and then the cane. Aikido has even less to teach about knife fighting than it does about sword or Joe fighting. So if someone wanted to learn effective knife fighting, they would have to seek out another art. From a philosophical standpoint, I don't see that the knife fits very well with Aikido. That is, to cause the least amount of harm possible while protecting yourself. You may be able to protect yourself from your attacker, but the grotesque injuries a knife will cause, and the amount of blood that goes with it, will likely leave you facing an even greater threat than your attacker, a prosecutor or jury. Not saying that there is a definitive answer about the viability of a knife for defense here, but it is something to think about. The hanbo, or cane, is a whole nother matter. I believe the cane fits into Aikido's lexicon very well, and it is a modern tool which can be carried inconspicuously. Should you need to use it, it can be done without causing horrific injuries and can be used to control someone. It can be used to block attacks and keep people away from you, even multiple people. All these can be done without needing many years of training on it either. Now I come to the announcement. Later this week, I am introducing videos of the cane fighting aspects I've been sharing with my students over the years. I'm going to go through this through the Spirit Aikido online training program. The influences will come from material I've gotten through Japanese Hanbo, as well as European and other sources. These videos will teach you the cane self-defense concepts and go right into practical drills for carrying it and using it. The program will start with carrying it, employing strikes, evasions, blocks, and eventually bridging into grappling, controls, and throws. I will also include instructions on where to acquire or how to make your own training equipment as economically as possible. Also included will be active practice drills which are exciting and fun. The cane, in my opinion, is the king of civilian self-defense tools by far. Let's also be honest, the main body of Aikido practitioners aren't getting any younger either. Chances are, owning and carrying a cane may not be too far in the distant future for many of us. Why not learn how versatile it is sooner rather than later? There is a story of Colonel Rex Applegate, who was a specialist who trained U.S. Special Forces military in hand-to-hand -hand combat during World War II. Applegate was in his late 80s 
and was approached by three young street thugs intent on mugging him. The story goes that within a few seconds, Applegate dealt with all three using his cane. Of course, Applegate had great skill, but a tool which allowed an almost 90-year-old man to deal with three young attackers deserves some respect. As tough as Applegate was, my guess would be that without the cane, the results would have been far different. I also want to address the cabo, or baton. This is a stick which is anywhere between 12 and 24 inches long. This is an extremely useful close quarters tool and works in almost exactly the same way as the Hanbo. It's a bit more maneuverable and not quite as versatile, but it is still a formidable and useful tool. The last thought I will leave you with is to address the concern about modernizing or innovating. Aikido is precious, but not so precious that it should be limited. If you think about it, samurai moving to the Joe as a weapon over the sword was an innovation, albeit a forced one. Morihai innovated Daito-ru and took it beyond where he found it. Taking a modern approach to the weapons of our time makes logical sense. Why not take an Aikido approach to them and use what is easily at hand and can be carried without a problem in our modern society? What are your thoughts? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido Online program now has more than 80 videos in the program, with new ones added every few days. In the most recent series of videos, I cover ways to introduce Giowaza to your practice group and expand your improvisation skills with Aikido. The videos on the cane will follow shortly. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.